What is going on, Fantasy Alarm family? My name is Justin Fensterman, along as always with Ryan Hallam and Matt Sells, and this is the Family Times Podcast, your once-a-week delight that is talking all things fantasy sports and what's going on on our great sites, FantasyAlarm.com, also PicksWise and DFSAlarm.com as well. But guys, we are not alone this week, no, because what's better than having one Justin on this show Two Justin. So 2X our value on the Justin front because Justin Vreeland is now joining us. And you can read his content. He's also with us on FantasyAlarm.com. Obviously one of our family members, but also the author of the DFS running back coach that Justin will probably be updating about 25 times between now and Saturday. Justin, welcome to the show, man. It's good to talk to you. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah, it's cool to be here. I haven't done this, obviously, if People watch this weekly. They have not seen me. So it's uh, it's cool to, you know, hop in and, you know, be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, we, we're on video here. I'm seeing that you have some allegiance to the New York Metropolitans, which I do as well. So both Justin's there. I, I see your reaction. Trust me. It's the same thing for me, man. But <laughs> you mean, let, let everybody get to know you a little bit, dude. Who, What teams did you root for and how exactly did you get in fantasy sports? All right, so my teams are very interesting because they're all over the place, and they're all terrible. Um, I like the Mets, who always disappoint me. I'm always excited, and then they always suck. Uh, the Jags, which are just one of the worst teams every single season, so that's fun. Um, the Raptors, which are usually terrible. They've had a couple of good years lately, but for the most part, usually terrible my whole life. And the Predators are my other team, which are consistently pretty meh. Um, and how I got into those teams is, I don't know. I was born in Jersey. My dad is, you know, the classic Mets, Jets, Devils type of fan. Uh, I kept the Mets from him, but we moved to, uh, South Carolina when I was two, there's no teams anywhere close to me. And when I was like four, I just picked teams based on like their mascot slash logo slash name, uh, which is why it's like Raptors, Jaguars, like just cool animal things. And I stuck with them ever since then. Well, that works out. Matt Sells has like 14 favorite teams. So oh, he that's does. not true. He oh man. He really does. Freeland. It's unbelievable. This guy, he's got all the coast covered and everything like that. He's all good. Matt Sells can never lose a championship. It's, that, that's, that's not true at all. John and Peppa. They can't we, lose titles now when you're rooting for the Patriots uh, than the Buccaneers. We did that another show. Let's not do 20 minutes on that again, but it was funny. <laughs> like, there's reasons for all of it, and I have ties to all of them geographically. So, you know, it's fine. It's No, fine. I don't know. I don't know. You root for one team and one team only, and you stay with that team, okay? I don't That's know. True. Yes, it's true. You root for one team, and if you are going to root for another team, you hand in your papers regarding your fandom of that team, and you become an official fan of the new team. So if you go into the Life Hall of Fame cells, I better not see any Yankee garb or anything like that, man. You're a Nationals fan, and that's the way it is. Ride or die with that stink-ass team. Right, Justin? Am I talking crazy here? No, I I agree. Like Especially, you know, as as terrible as it is to be the fan of like the teams that I'm a fan of, you know, you just got to stick with them. I, I don't know if you guys saw my tweet the other day, but it was like, kick the Jaguars out of the league so I can switch teams without <laughs> feeling bad. <laughs> I, didn't get paper. I didn't get papers with my fandom. Uh, Did I miss something? Yeah, exactly. I didn't. 
No, so, Ryan, because you know why? You don't change teams uh-huh. unless there's something, I don't know. You've been a Spurs fan your entire life, okay? Yeah. Spurs and forty so, nine my whole life. I did change yeah. baseball, but I was in my teenagers, and I don't. And I handed in my Mets papers, my theoretical Mets papers. There you go. Sells See, don't hand you, in the paper. You started hating the team because of the fans and sports radio. You didn't start hating the team because of, you know, you didn't pick a new one because you have financial ties or geographic ties to it. There's only one sport I have multiple teams. It's baseball. I was born in Jersey. Family is Yankees fans, and then I grew up in D.C. And the Nats moved there. We became season ticket holders. I went to, like, 15 games a year for 15 years. So, yeah, I'm going to root for the team I've seen. And I've been to several Yankees games. Saw them all the time when they went to Baltimore. Born and raised a Yankees fan. It's all good. I'm still a Jets fan. Listen, you're going to have a lot of titles at the end of the day to be proud of, Cells, for multitude uh, of teams. I so. mean, the Jets suck. They haven't won one in my lifetime. Right. right? That's why you root for the five Yankees other teams. haven't won one in, what, since 2011? 20, no, 2008? 2009. See, you're not even a fan of the team anymore. <laughs> you're not even a fan. You don't even it's know. It's just been so damn long, it's easy to forget. All right, Cells. So you know, damn long. Enough about your stupid yeah. team, Cells, okay, because you root for too many, but you could, by the way, follow Justin Vreeland on Twitter. Very simple, at Justin Vreeland. So very simple there. Helps out with everything running backs related for the running back coach. And Justin, let's talk about, I guess, the state of the position here. And then we can kind of start to gear towards what's going on this week. But, man, your job from a chalk standpoint, I feel like, has been hard coming up with the top guys. But maybe a little bit easier on the value end because we've had those injuries be made clear for us for the yep. most part. But, dude, when it comes to – we talk about it all the time with running backs taken in the first few rounds and all the disappointments and injuries we face. It's had to be hella hard from the DFS angle when people are like, Justin, who's my big spend-up at running back? Because I feel like we've all just missed a lot. Yep, I think it's worse than ever. Like, all the high-end backs is seemingly hurt all the time. Or out for the year. Like, I know, like, there was, like, two years ago with McCaffrey. I mean, you could, I could literally just say every week at the top, McCaffrey, lock him in next. Like, there's no one like that this season at all. But, like you said, on the flip side of that, it does make the the mid-range and the, the cheap plays, like, a lot easier to break down because there's usually multiple every week now, it seems like, where, oh, this guy's filling in. He's only, you know, 5K roll with him like no problem at all so it's you know on the chalk side and like the high spend ups it is a little more difficult i usually i'm finding myself sometimes like i don't like most like there might be one only spend up that i like this week but then there's like four guys in the mid-range where i'm like you know i could rock any of these guys so i don't know it's it's a mixed bag i'm sure covid and injuries aren't really helping the case either because now you've got Leonard Fournette who's magically healthy enough to looks like he's going to play based on practice stuff we've seen today. Now Ramondre Stevenson is going to play because Damian Harris is out. Um, so yeah, the ever-changing landscape of this week especially um, has got to make it even tougher because uh, like Josh Jacobs, for example, if the Browns are healthy, Jacobs isn't that great of a play. But now that they've got a bunch of high schoolers playing defense for him this week, Jacobs might actually be a play if the game doesn't get moved, which it it may yet. So <laughs> a lot of question marks. Yeah. Oh, then Josh Jacobs has to hold on to a football in order to, you know, be a solid play, unlike he did 17 seconds into the game last week. 
But, you know, Ryan has had to adjust his wide receiver cornerback report like seven, eight times uh, already this week. <laughs> and I'm quite surprised he hasn't jumped off the nearest bridge yet doing the projections either. And, the, and it was only published yesterday, so that's in less than 24 or a little more than 24 hours. Yeah, the, the game previews have been a disaster, too, because every time I write a guy's name, he gets eliminated from the <laughs> from playing. Uh, so, you know, Fenty, NBA, it's going a little rampant, but all you've got to worry about is... A little. You see, I lost more hair <laughs> off my head a little bit. Bro, I can't leave. I can't leave to say hi to my child because five more people go on the COVID list. And I got to update everything. And I got to pray that no one in my starting five on a nightly basis <laughs> is taken out of commission right there. So trust me, it, it, it's crazy. And again, I'm even looking at DraftKings right now on the main slate. And I'm seeing all those questionable <laughs> tags and everything at the position alone, Justin. So let, let me try to ask you something that I'm sure has been asked of you a thousand times here. But regarding the Denver run game, because their pass game is very unreliable. So they're going to have to really focus on Gordon and Javante Williams. Do you think that, I mean, we've been waiting and waiting Javante Williams to be able to fully take over, but Gordon's kind of like that lingering fart. He just doesn't go away unless he's out of the game. So I guess for something like this upcoming week, where we're still waiting on some final notes going up against Cincinnati, I mean, is there one that you like better than another on a given basis? Do you stay away from that running back situation when both are healthy? So for me, I've actually been on the flip side of what I've seen the majority because I see all over Twitter and everything, everybody, we want more Javante, more, more, more. Get rid of Melvin Gordon. I've just been like, Melvin Gordon's playing pretty good every week. Like, why would they stop using him? It's obviously working using both. So they're going to continue to do that. And every week I still see, oh, this is Javante's week. And it's like, nope, it's going to be more of the same. I don't know why you guys think it's going to change. It's not going to. Um, so actually, for me, I've mostly stayed away. Um, there's been a couple of weeks where I did like Melvin Gordon. And then there was obviously the week with him out where it was like, well, obviously, you know, Javante's now chalk. And right. He smashed, obviously. So if, you know, if either one of them misses, then the other one just becomes, you know, an automatic play. But. For the most part, it's like they're both doing good, but it's killing their ceilings because the other one is taking the ceiling away. And it's just like they're both OK plays, but the, the upside's not there. Yeah, people have to remember that the uh, head coach is not really concerned about your fantasy team and he's trying to win a football game. <laughs> That's uh, probably why they're using both, because like you said, in tandem, it's going quite well. Yep. And, yeah, and that's and the other thing, too, is people think, well, you know, Javante's doing all this and that. But it might not be the same if he, you know, got all this extra work. The efficiency is great because he isn't like getting all the work. If you get if you go up to 30 touches a game, maybe he wouldn't be as good and like efficiency wise. So I don't know. They're rotating them really well and they're both staying fresh and they're both killing it. So I don't see why it would change at all. I mean, there's just no reason to. Yeah, that's a great point, actually, because a lot of people just like to extrapolate and go, oh, if he gets twice the carries, he gets twice the yards and twice the <laughs> touchdowns and whatever. But that's not necessarily the case. Maybe no. it's the change of pace and the guy and the defense can't adjust to the different types of skill sets these guys have. There's clearly a reason they're doing this, right? The same reason why the Patriots run game has been effective for like 25 years. They keep switching it up. 
and the efficiency is there because they're switching it up. Does it suck for fantasy? Yeah, okay. But again, like Ryan said, these coaches don't care about your fantasy team. Yep. They care about winning NFL football games. And and even the argument that, you know, I've used this argument most of the season that Javante Williams has been getting more work in the red zone. That wasn't the case last week. Melvin Gordon came back and had nine carries in the red zone. He led the NFL in red zone carries last week. So, you know, I would, at this point in the playoffs, I would go with Melvin Gordon, actually, over Javante. And that, you guys have heard me say Javante throughout the season so far, but that's flipped based on just recency and what they're using. And you got to read, you know, you got to take recency into account in the playoffs here. Well, let me ask you this, because uh, most people probably don't have both. Or do you feel comfortable starting either on every given week? Yeah, I mean, for me, I think they're both startable every week. I mean, they've, cons- like I said, they've consistently produced, maybe not, you know, these big 30-point games, but, like, for the most part, they're, you know, they're getting 10 to 20 points every week, which, you know, with given the running back landscape, it's not, it's not a bad thing to get that consistent, you know, solid point total, even if it's not, like, to the moon winning your matchup. I mean, Justin, let's talk about another run game. And this is actually a player that in two of my playoff leagues was actually dropped, Miles Sanders. So I currently have bids on him in both leagues. And in fab, I've got $33 in one league. And I was thinking at this point, because I'm in the quarterfinals, I've been dealing with injuries, players in and out. So I'm thinking of going all in on this guy because look, at some point here, I have to think that two in those last three games, getting at least 16 carries, we can trust him for volume. In the back of my mind, I know Jalen Hurts is a bit banged up. He plays. I know very well that I'm, he's going to get vultured at least once, if not twice, in this game. But where's your trust level at and expectations with Miles Sanders? So the tough thing with him is, one, like you already said, the vulture of, you know, if Hurts is playing, he he runs it in more often than Sanders will on the, the, the other thing too, is he doesn't get the passing work that, I, you know, you'd like to see him get, um, you know, they bring in Gainwell and have him catch the passes. And it's like in PPR leagues that I, I know there was one week, uh, I think it was like two or three weeks ago where Sanders had, you know, he had like 20 carries or something. He had like, I don't know. He did. He had a good game realistically, Right like before fantasy, the ball, over 20 carries. Yeah, but for fantasy, it was not – he had no catches. He didn't find the end zone, and it ended up being like eight points or something. I mean, it was nothing good by any means. So that's that's the problem. If he's not getting, you know, the goal line work and he's not getting, you know, the passes, it, it really limits, like, what he can do in for fantasy, obviously. But, I mean, obviously, he's still worth playing. He's getting enough workload to have enough upside to do stuff. I mean – but you'd like to see more work in the passing game or on the goal line. And there it is. The Raiders and Browns is moving to Monday. Wow. And they're also discussing moving the Seahawks and Rams. Just to be be clear, folks, we are recording this at 2.20 in the afternoon on Friday, Eastern time. So that's when we're timestamping this news. Anything that comes out after this, you'll have to pay attention to. But this news broke at about 2.20 Eastern on Friday afternoon. And True. By so the way, by the time you listen to this, you'll have already known that. Right. And this doesn't change every anything. Anyone just thinks, okay, good. My Saturday game's gone. No. Too many people are setting their lineups 
and then either not going back to them or forgetting that they put in a dummy lineup. I saw it twice in my own league with playoff spots on the line, and I saw that that team had made roster moves, so it wasn't that they were just a dead team. And that's one of those things, Justin. And let me ask you about this, get your opinion here. When it comes to having teams and in your league and in trying to make sure everybody is setting their lineups, what are your thoughts on, because one of the things I do in my league that helped stop that problem, rather than me having to babysit as the commissioner every single tour, every single team that's out of the playoffs for the final few weeks, make sure you set a lineup. What I've done there is I've actually made a pay structure where I give weekly payouts to the high score. And often by some of our other family members at FantasyAlarm.com, I've gotten ridiculed for being too nice and being too nursery school with the way I run the leagues. But I've seen in the last few years that teams now are incentivized. They can get knock off some of their entry fee by winning the high score because teams get hot lately. Let me ask you, what do you think of leagues that do stuff like that to prevent the teams from just dying out being like I don't have a shot in the playoffs since week 11 I'm just gonna say F it and not set my lineups anymore so I've heard of a like a good bit of leagues doing that I my league personally doesn't do that uh, I don't have I don't know I'm the commission in my league I don't have any issues with that if somebody is like that I replace them the next season so you know it, that's just how it is but so I don't have that issue but I do think that's an interesting concept to really keep teams motivated to try every week you know to you know be the top scorer. Um, I don't think it's a terrible idea. Uh, like I said, I don't implement it, but I do see the reasoning behind it. Um, because like I said, it, I mean, it sucks when people are just like, Oh, I'll throw in the towel and not look at my team or not, you know, not do this and that. And it's like, why, you know, we're, we're all, I don't know. It's, it, I guess it depends too, if you're playing in like, see with me, I, I'm playing against, you know, friends and stuff. So it's like bragging rights are always there no matter what. Um, I think that uh, like that that should factor in. People should want to win regardless of however their team is doing. You should always want to win. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, clearly wanting to win is is a thing, but sometimes people just don't. You know, it, there, there's a little bit of an ego hit if your team is all injured and you just don't want to take the time to do all the the you know roster moves, or you believe that you should allow the uh, you know, the waiver wire to be determined by the teams that are still in it, maybe. But here's the thing. If you don't set your roster, you're also affecting the playoff race because you might be giving somebody a free win that another team who's battling for a playoff spot didn't necessarily get. So um, I actually I actually mentioned that on Twitter the other day to someone because I saw a tweet where it was like, oh, if you're out of it, you should not make, you know, waiver claims at all. And it's like, you should be trying to win because it matters to the teams that are trying to get in. Like if two teams are sitting there, you know, I don't know, six and six, and one of them is really needing this win. The other one's not like, how can you just, if you don't try, that's almost collusion in itself by helping the other team win by not trying. Like if, if it's the tweet know. I saw, and it might be a different one. I, I think that was at least the one I saw was the playoffs. Like once the fantasy playoffs start, like and then I'm fine. Lock lock right. the rosters of people who aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, it could have been it could, yeah, it could have been a different tweet with the one you saw and the one I saw. I completely agree with you. If the season's on, try to win. In the playoffs, though, I say lock everybody who's not active. 
You know what? I've actually gotten some upheaval about that in my league. People still, even though the consolation bracket I think is so stupid, people still want to play. And so, oh well. so I un- I unlock their team so they can set a lineup, but they cannot add or drop oh, anybody. Yeah, oh. yeah but, set a but lineup, but don't make an weird. ad. It's like people are like, dude, well, I, I still want to play to the end. And it's like, but you're not in the playoffs. Who cares? <laughs> you're done. There's no prize for the, at least in my leagues, for the consolation bracket. So, I mean, it's weird because I was thinking about that because I at first locked everyone from setting a lineup and that wasn't in the playoffs. But then I had about four people come to me and be like, you know, can I just set my lineup? And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I think it depends too. Like, I don't, and I'm in one league where like the last place team, you know, has like a, they have to do something silly or whatever. So I think that can factor in too. Like there isn't a, anything to win with the consolation bracket. But there is wanting to not be last place. And I know not every league does that. I mean, I'm in. Well, I'm shouldn't in that three. be the last week, Justin, in the regular season? Shouldn't that determine who gets the, the I guess, boobie prize or whatever? It depends. Yeah. It, I mean, that's probably how it should be. But the one I'm in, is that's not how it is. So. <laughs> that's so stupid. Yeah. Let's make consolation brackets a thing. Stop bringing it into existence. Yahoo wants the traffic on their site. That's mm-hmm. what they want. They want to keep you there and ring you out and your interest out for as long as they can have you. It's so stupid. I, I got news I, for you. In my home league, the first and second place teams in the consolation bracket got bye weeks this week. Yeah. I don't understand how you get a bye week. Like, I have a bye week. In the actual playoff bracket, because well, I'm the second. Six and six. That's why. It's probably six and six. Yeah, but like, just solve it by not having a consolation bracket. Like, sorry, you sucked, but <laughs> you're done. Well, Ronis actually had an, a, a different issue where he's in, a, he's in a league where they treat it like high stakes leagues, where uh, waiver wire pickups are frozen for everybody once the playoff start like playoff teams can't even make waiver wire moves and he was in a league Ronis is in a league I guess he's commissioning it that does that but he but due to this week's COVID issues he opened it up to everybody and said hey if everybody wants this we'll open it up we'll give people $100 fab just for playoff teams whatever one guy voted no I'm like and his reasoning was that he didn't want to see his um, opponent, pick up somebody that just outbid him for Fab, man. You, you ready for this? Your whole Fab. <laughs> you ready for this? I can add on to that story actually, because Ronas told me part two of it last night on Alarm After Hours. What's funny is that same guy, because I believe it might have been Ronas who had the player that you know when he was. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, and the guy was facing Ronas, or they were both in the playoffs. The guy who voted no. Has Jalen Waddle on his team? Karma's a bitch. <laughs> Seriously. That's like he, the only one who voted no and was even scummy about it and replied all. And Rona's like, just reply right. to me. He replies all, makes his stamp, says no. Now he has Jalen Waddle on the COVID list. Crazy I was how that about works. To say, I was I was gonna say, I'm guessing the person that said no. Was like, oh, my team's avoiding all the COVID issues, injuries. We're good. Let's just yeah. keep it how it is. No one is safe, Freeland. Yeah. No one is safe. <laughs> NFL, NBA, NH. No one is safe at all. And you know what is safe though? The family table, because it's our table, and we protect the house 
at all costs. And Justin, since you are the guest of honor, and by the way, give Justin Vreeland a follow on Twitter. Very easy, at Justin Vreeland, V-R-E-E-L-A-N-D. He writes the running back coach for the DFS playbook. And Justin, before we get to the family table, why don't you tell everybody what else do you do on the site too so we can continue following your great content? Um, for NFL season, I just do the RB coach and recaps. I do a lot in the baseball season. I don't know if, you know, if people follow that. I mean, I, I do the playbook uh, multiple times a week, the the coaches. I mean, pretty much everything with that. Um, and I'm in the site producer role. So, you know, I help run the site and everything. And I'm in, always on Discord answering questions and everything. So just a mix of good bit of everything uh, for mostly for football and baseball, though. Those are the two that I'm more locked in on. Well, we thank you for all you do and especially the family too and all that you do in Discord. See you constantly active in there like you were saying. What are you bringing to the family table, my man? You're first up. All right, I'm going to keep it on the COVID lines of things. So, I don't know if you guys have heard of Owners Box. It's a DFS site, but they do week-long contests for uh basketball and hockey and baseball. Well, let me tell you those contests have been an absolute nightmare during this because of all the players getting out. So it's a week long. So you have to make changes. You have the same roster for the whole week, but if someone, you know, gets hurt or COVID or whatever, you can make a change. Well, with every single guy going on COVID seemingly right now across all three sports, it's just been, I mean, I feel like I change one guy out and then five seconds later, it's like, Oh, boom, he's on COVID now. All right, let me change that. And it's like, it's just a nightmare to try and navigate and play right now. Just it is. It just really is. And the only thing you can do is just keep it locked into the site. That's really what you could do. I mean, we've got COVID trackers that are, you know, cells is literally like it on putty patrol from the Power Rangers, like Finster and the Putty Patrol. You're making all these COVID lists for us to fill out and everything cells because we want to make sure we keep everybody protected. That's for darn sure. What about you, Cels? Yeah, those COVID lists have been updated, I don't know, 475 times since they went live yesterday afternoon. Well, the NBA one went live this morning about two hours ago, and it's been updated seven times already, I think. Um, So, me, I've I've got two that I'm debating between. One is crapping all over FedEx. Uh, for their shady shipping pack, uh, shady uh, delivery information. And the other is kind of coming to the defense of Brandon Staley, who's been getting crapped on a lot since last night's game. So I think I'm going to talk about last night's game a little bit because that was an excellent Thursday night football game. That might be the best Thursday night football game we've seen since they've come out with Thursday, not on Thanksgiving, but like just regular season Thursday games. Um But, yeah, people are like, well, you should have kicked the field goal at the end of the second half when you got stuffed at fourth and, you know, short at the goal line. But why? Right? For three points. Okay. But here's the problem. It's 14 to 10 at that point. If he kicks a field goal and they make it, it's 17-10. Who gets the ball back to start the second half? The Chiefs do. If they come down and score, which they did, a field goal, but if they come down and score a touchdown, game's tied. The three points don't matter. It's a tie ball game. If you go for the touchdown and score, it's 21-10. If the Chiefs come down and score a touchdown to start the second half, you're still up by a possession. And let's play it out. Even if the Chiefs come down and get a field goal, it's 21-13. That means it's an eight-point game. They're going to need a two-point conversion to tie the game. 
You play to win the game, to mimic Herm Edwards. How is kicking a field goal against one of the highest scoring offenses in the league going to help you? It giving you doesn't. three more points than you had in its but play. It sure, he sure would have liked those three points at the end of the game, wouldn't he? Maybe. I don't understand all of a sudden, all of it. But what they, like three times these both teams got stuffed on fourth down last night. When the okay. hell did this start? So let's, I don't know. So let's break this down a game. little bit more, though. Because None of it worked. The you Chargers. You all you want. The scores. I would have loved okay. those three points. The Chargers coming into the game are a top 10 red zone scoring offense. The Chiefs without Chris Jones on the field, who wasn't on the field, allows nearly three quarters of red zone trips for their opponents to be turned into uh, touchdowns. So the odds of them stopping them is pretty slim, okay? Not to mention the fact that the 28 points they scored, the Chargers, should have been enough to win. Should have. That's more points than the Chiefs allowed in the last three games combined. You know what didn't allow them to win? allowing Patrick Mahomes to drive down the field three times for 75 or more yards in the last nine and a half minutes of the game. Stop Kelsey or Hill one flip in time and you win the game. The AFC West hasn't figured out that stopping Kelsey and Hill is the way to beat the Chiefs. The rest of the league did. If you look at their stats against the AFC West, they're markedly better per game than they are against the rest of the league. How does the teams that play them once every three years figure out how to stop the offense, but the teams that play them twice a year, every year, can't figure out the same offense that's been running for seven years now? I'm not necessarily just going to say this yesterday's game, although clearly it didn't work out. But I've seen a lot of going for for touchdowns all of a sudden inside the 10 and it not working out a lot. Like, I'm 44. I've been watching football my entire life. You kick the goddamn field goal. You get points. Like, that's the name of the game is points. So uh, just as in every other sport, we're getting formulas and everything coming into play. And just like our projections, computers can't figure everything out. The human element gets the points. The object of the game is points. So let me and ask you I don't you know this. all of a sudden why teams are just foregoing field goals left and right and, he, and getting stuffed on fourth down. If he kicks the field goal there. And they make it. And the yeah. three points don't freaking matter because they the two teams. But let's say the game plays out differently because you can't just assume, let's say it's 31 28. Because if the Chiefs are down, they're playing the end of the game differently than they did. But, but so, your thing was if he if he gets the three points, well, then this might happen and this might happen and this might happen. Like you, you went hypothetical effort. Yeah, so if the game plays out exactly great, it works out. But if he kicks the three points and still winds up tied, are we crapping all over him for not taking the chance when he had the chance? Uh, I'm, doing, I'm being more general. Like I said, uh, that this is all of a sudden more than that game. But I agree with that, by the way. I, there's less because, I mean, every, and every it's funny. On the broadcast, it's like right on cue. Every time there's a going for it on fourth down, all next-gen stats. Like, yeah. all that come up and everything. I hate next-gen stats. Yeah, but you know what? And it's like it comes up every time. And listen, I mean, I grew up when watching sports with my father every time. That, and it wouldn't happen nearly as much. But every time I would, he'd look at me and be like, put the points on the board. And oh. and I understand what you're saying, sells to a degree. But, for instance, uh, maybe it was a week or two ago when it was the Steelers and the Ravens. I couldn't decide because the play call was good to Andrews on the two-point conversion. The Ravens were going for a win. But at the same time, I'm thinking, 
why not extend the game and take it? Because you, so that you was even your defense at all. Well, because they had just lost Marlon Humphrey, and they were that was their last corner. They had no corners. You're not they. You just allowed Big Ben to go down the field with Deontay Johnson and and you know the rest of them because you can't stop their offense. So I understand the logic there to try to end it and protect your already weak defense from getting exposed. Like if they lose the coin toss and the Steelers go down and kick and and score a touchdown, doesn't matter if he kicked the extra point, right? I know this is hypotheticals again, but that's the reasoning why he did that. I think it definitely depends on the game, like in the matchup. See, I can see going for it against the Chiefs because we know their offense can put points on the board in a hurry. But like, in, on the flip, like if they were playing, I don't know, like the Texans last night or the Jags who can't score a single point to save their lives, <laughs> like then you then you kick the field goal because you know what, a field three points is a ton against the Jags because they right. they can't score three points at all. But so. Staley said as much in the post game. He said against the Chiefs, you have to beat them with touchdowns. Yeah, that's true. The Cardinals the Cowboys, did it Monday the too. And the, and, and the um, Raiders last week all tried to kick field goals against the Chiefs. What happened? They all lost and only scored nine points. So, the Cardinals did on Monday, too, against the Rams. At one point, I was like, did Prater get hurt and I didn't see something? And no, yeah. they didn't go for it. Like, the going for it is, like, out of control this year. Like, And I don't want to be, like, an old fart, but, like, in the 90s, like, you went for it fourth down. It was like, well, the team is one for five this year. And, like, now the team is, like, three for five tonight. It's like going for it on fourth down is, is completely changed. I liked off. it personally. I think and in your own territory too. I mean, it used to be okay. You're sitting there at the 50 yard line and everything. But like, if you're at the 30, and I've seen some teams go for it, and it's like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Sometimes like fourth and five, and they're going for it. like, jeez. I think I think if they were getting the second half kick, they would have kicked the field goal. Next because year. then you can double it up. Yeah. But if they're not getting the kick, you cannot only be up by seven points. Right. With the Chiefs, you know that the Chiefs are a very good second half team. They make better second half adjustments than almost anybody. So I, I have no problem with the call from Brandon. Ryan, so. Ryan, <laughs> what's you're up, my friend. You're in a good mood today. What you're uh-huh. <laughs> you're up. What are you bringing to the family so, table? Have a nice weekend, family. <laughs> Everybody has to go back to work. <laughs> we love you all. Thank you. Yes, yes, it's absolutely. We love all of our family members and sometimes our own families too that are beyond fantasy alarms, sometimes. But I'll say this too, for me, I'm just going to say this, and this is just, I bring this up every single year. I might have even brought it up a week ago and I just forgot about it because of all that's gone on and my brain is very small. But when someone wishes you a happy holidays, like don't be all technical about it. Don't be like, oh, I celebrate Hanukkah or oh, actually I celebrate Christmas. Just say thank you. It's very simple. Just say thank you. Say, hey, happy holidays to you too. And you know what else? Because I'm someone that doesn't celebrate Christmas. So if someone comes up to me, I don't know, it could be a stranger, could be a friend, could be a family member, could be a subscriber, anybody. If you wish me a Merry Christmas, I'm going to say thank you and Merry Christmas back to you. I don't give a damn that I don't celebrate it or not. It's a nice sentiment. Wishing someone, and I'm very into manners, kind of. And 
it's a very nice sentiment wishing someone a happy holiday or happy new year. And you know what? You don't have to correct them by saying, actually, I don't celebrate Christmas. Haha. <laughs> just thank them. Okay. <laughs> just thank them. Be nice for once and just thank you them. You wouldn't rather just make the conversation awkward and uncomfortable for the person mm -hmm. that said Merry Christmas to you? I would love to do that. Let's make a time of joy and celebration and appreciation into something totally <laughs> awkward. That sounds amazing. Uh, breaking news from Albert Breer. Washington staff has been told the Washington football team will play the Eagles at 7 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. Wow. The week has been extended officially. Here we go, guys. Fantasy football playoffs. You guys can't blame us this year. Ha-ha. <laughs> I'm so glad I have a bye week this week. You can't blame us this year. This is the environment that we're in right now. So, guys, as fantasy analysts, we can't lose. We can't get anything wrong. It's not on us anymore. No, we get it. We have to deal with the two. We have to roll with the punches. Justin, I can only imagine how many times you're going to be changing the running back coach, my man. And thank you for all that you do. But over-under is set on updates at about 18 between now and Sunday, my man. Oh, it's going to be fun. Going to be fun. It is. It is. For Ryan Hallam, Matt Sells. I'm Justin Fenster. Justin Vreeland, thank you for joining us. Give him a follow on Twitter at Justin Vreeland, V-R-E-E-L-A-N-D. Give Ryan Hallam a follow at Fighting Chance. Give Matt Sells a follow at The Salesman. Give me a follow at Fenster Sports. We'll talk to you before the holidays kick in because, hey, where there's a chance to win, your family is with you because a family that sticks together wins together. Good luck in this mess of a COVID time.